Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Passing Shots round-by-round catch-up of the US Open. We'll be assessing all the fallout from Roger Federer's shock defeat to Grigor Dimitrov. We'll be looking at Daniel Medvedev's victory over Stan Vavrinka and his ongoing issue with the US Open crowd. We'll also be reflecting on Joe Conter's run in the US Open coming to an end against a very handy Alina Svitolina. And we'll be looking at today's play, including Jamie Murray in the mixed doubles and the men's doubles. Uh, but Kim, I think... There's really only one place we can start, and I feel like I'm still reeling from it. It's baby-fed Grigor Dimitrov pulling out the massive upset, defeating Roger Federer last night in five sets. Yeah, I don't think anyone was expecting this uh, coming into the tournament or the match. Um, I woke up and I saw a message from you in our group (laughs) chat, and it was just like, WTF, and I was like, that can only mean one thing, that Federer lost. Um... Because I went to bed and Grigor had like managed to break in the second set. And I thought, oh, well done, Grigor. You know, you've managed to break break serve. Um, maybe it won't be a complete rout. But yeah, totally unexpected. Especially... It was all going swimmingly for Federer. I think he broke to begin with. He was up like three love in, in a flash. And, you know, I think the crowd probably thought, oh, here we go. It's going to be a routine so, you know, straight sets victory. But lo and behold... Uh, I woke up, saw the result, and you know when you see a notification on your phone in the morning, you think, oh, something something massive has happened if, <laughs> if someone's best with you straight away. And yeah, uh, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I mean, hats off to, to Dimitrov coming out with the, the five-set victory. You know, I think there's been talk that Federer potentially had a back injury seize up during the match, which was affecting his ability on court. Um, I mean, if you look at the stats... You know, he hit quite a lot of unforced errors. I think he hit 61 errors across the five sets, which was 20 more than than Dimitrov. And yeah, Dimitrov just kind of seemed to rediscover his form from about two years ago. Yeah, and it it can be difficult, you know, playing against someone who is injured. I think, yeah, Federer was certainly hampered by it. But, you know, he rightfully said after the match he didn't want to talk about his back. You know, this is Grigor's moment, if you like. And yeah, I mean, he'd he'd never beaten Federer before. So finally, um, when it's least expected of him, he's (laughs) he's gone and done it. Um, So, yeah, good on him. I don't think anyone had put Grigor in the semi-final before the tournament. Um, What I think is is quite hilarious is, I know we put this on our Twitter, that Grigor Dimitrov in Atlanta, which would have been, what, a, a month ago, five weeks? ago he lost to 
Kevin King, who was world number 405 in the first round of Atlanta. And I think everyone was just like in total despair and thinking, you know, Griggles, you know, really, well, he could go out the top 100, you know. And then lo and behold, here he is, um, semifinals of the US Open. So I think it's fantastic. I mean, in our previous catch-ups, you know, we've had to, I've almost been a bit saddened when I've had to talk about, you know, Dimitrov in qualifying draws for like 250s and, yeah. and 500s, which, yeah. you know, I think was happening earlier in the season. Um, but yeah, remarkable, like remarkable turnaround. As you said, no one was expecting was expecting this. And, you know, I think it does raise the question and I, and I put it out to our listeners. Is this the most unexpected thing to have happened in in tennis this season? Um, you know, Kim, I've already got some thoughts on this. For me, I think it's certainly up there. The other thing I would say is, you know, Conta's run at the French Open after, you know, successive like no victories and then getting to the semifinals. For me, that was a big unexpected thing that happened this season mm. um, yeah it, it, definitely it, I mean, it, both of them I, I think also maybe Bianca Andreescu bursting onto the scene mm. I'd never heard of her before the start of the year and then you know <laughs> the fact that she did really well at the start of the season and then you know backed it up with winning Indian Wells and then you know also when she's come back just recently in Toronto and she might potentially win the US Open but um I, I think, yeah, this is right up there with, with surprising things of the season. And, you know, it, the story may well continue. He might get into his first slam final. I mean, it's going to be an interesting match against Medvedev. Um, I mean, Grigor's draw has been fairly favourable, I suppose, um, up until the Federer match. You know, he, he also had a walkover in the second round. So didn't have to face Koric. Um, it could have been a different story if if he played that one. But you know, no, I'm not taking anything away from Grigor. He's he's done what he's needed to do. Um, one thing it does mean is that Fedal uh, at the U.S. Open is not going to be a thing, at least not in t- 2019. So we have to wait another year possibly for that to happen. Um, which I know a lot of people had kind of just assumed that this is you know would be a Fedal final after Novak lost. But that just goes to show you can't assume anything in life, especially not in sport. And I mean, one thing that I'm kind of putting my hopes on now, though, is that it's going to mean <laughs> a victory for Rafa. I'm hoping it's going to mean number 19, that he can get within one slam of Federer. But, you know, there's still, what, three matches to go um, a long way. Anything can happen. So I'm, I'm not going to get complacent or anything. Yeah, I think, you know, Rafa now is is the big favourite. And but as you said, you know, we weren't expecting Federer to lose to Grigor Dimitrov. Nothing is a certainty in sport. And, you know, that that match just kind of showed you that. And, you know, Nadal is still got, you know, matches to play and, and, and things could happen. You know, who knows? You know, sport is, you know, inherently unpredictable. And, you know, who who knows? We'll we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, in terms of the kind of big three looking at kind of their Grand Slam titles. I've seen there's been a, a bit of chat in the media about kind of, you know, with Roger Federer, you know, was this his last best chance to kind of put greater distance between him um, and Nadal and Djokovic in terms of kind of Grand Slam titles won? Because, you know, if we talk about Rafael Nadal as the favourite now, you know, and let's say he wins and guts to, to 19, he goes within one of Federer, you know, French Open next year, you'd probably say he's the favourite there. So he could potentially, you know, potentially by the end of the French Open next year, they could be on the same 
number of grand slams given you know you would assume Novak Djokovic you know given his kind of we'll probably reign win Australia, Australia you know, <laughs> yeah yeah I know I mean oh well that'd be lovely if Rafa could uh, get 20 but we will see. We will see. That's why we like sport, isn't it? Because we love the drama and the unpredictability. Who knows? Medvedev might come through and go all the way, which I think would, would maybe be like the ultimate... I don't know. If he, if, imagine if Medvedev wins this tournament, having just the most incredible summer. I just think that would be such a story. Um, Kim, if he, if he did win, let's just kind of picture it. Would he be the first champion that we that would be booed on, uh, you know, when he's lifting the trophy? I don't know. I think the crowd are actually kind of warming to him now. Like, I feel like there's there's a real like it's going to be a love hate relationship with the US Open crowd. And should he get to the final, I actually feel like the crowd might back him because they've probably, you know, heard about him. He's you know new and exciting. I feel like he's going to get them on his side, and he'll just. I mean, his celebration if he were to to win the tournament would be i think everyone would be tuning in just just to hear what his you know speech would be um but yeah i mean the fact that he overcame stan Wawrinka, i thought was quite surprising personally i thought medvedev's body would just finally get to the end of the road and i thought stan would just have a bit too much for him but yeah that that was also a surprising quarterfinal joe i mean i don't know what you thought about that one i, I wasn't expecting that result I mean, I, I think during the match, uh, Medvedev actually brought out a trainer for his, I think he had like a tricep injury. Um, and I think again, in, in the match, similar to kind of Djokovic, I think against Londero, I think there were points in that match where he would he was he was doubting his own body, whether he was able to kind of get through it. But, um, you know, he's, you know, we've talked about, he's played a lot of tennis over the last, you know, last month or so. You know, I think he's played 21 matches in the last 33 days. You know that is gonna take. You know that is gonna take. Um, that's gonna take. Out, that's gonna take out. Take it out <laughs> of your body. You know, regardless of and you your know, mind how, how as fit well. You are. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a and, lot. You know, I think he'll be totally burnt out at the end of this tournament for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it also raises an interesting question, doesn't it? Because Medvedev is going to be playing Grigor in the semi-final, which is kind of Medvedev. You know part of the next gen I suppose you'd put him in that bracket for me I've not really ever thought of him as the next gen weirdly because I guess the next gen has been dominated so much by discussions of Zverev and Tsitsipas and you know they're a bit younger aren't they and Medvedev is what 24 so for me I just kind of feel like he he's kind of the now gen and yeah he's been tipped to do great things but not to the same extent as the others and then you've got Grigor who was certainly the next gen of yesteryear and has never managed to to validate those kind of predictions. Yeah, and I, I agree. And I think, you know, Dimitrov arguably was in probably Medvedev's position, you know, f- five years ago or whenever, you know, he beat Andy Murray and, you know, got to the Wimbledon semifinals and, you know, he, he was in a kind of a rich, a rich vein of form then. But yeah, it kind of, you know, the last kind of two years for him have been kind of, you know, not very good, not living up to expectation. And, you know, it's kind of taken... You know, it's kind of like you know, if he is the, you know, if he if he is the symbol of the you know the now gen of, of yesteryear, this is kind of his you know moment to kind of say, well, hang on, I'm here. I'm not I'm done back. yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. And I think you know he's got he's got a point to prove. I think because you know there was a lot written about him earlier on. You know, he's is a guy who can win you know Grand Slam titles, and it, it didn't it obviously didn't materialize. And you know he's got an, 
he's got an absolutely golden opportunity here to you know to to write to write that wrong and and you know that starts um you know in the semi-final against against Medvedev yeah he's certainly going to give it all he's got I mean I mean, he has had to play within you know, the hardest era in men's tennis, arguably. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure he would have had a few slams under his belt had he not um, you know, been around at this particular time. But, and he's also has had a really quite severe shoulder injury that he's been struggling with. And I think that's now OK at the moment, touch wood. So, um, you know, the, he's had that to contend with. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um Let's go and talk about Joe Conter because on the women's side of things, yesterday we had two matches. Joe Conter, sadly for British tennis fans, is out of the US Open. She lost in straight sets to Alina Svitolina. I don't think she should be ashamed of her performance. I think she played well. Svitolina, for me, was just too good and kind of had an answer to everything and she deserves to go through to the semis. So it's a shame, but... I certainly, I think actually coming into this tournament for me, you know, Joe hadn't actually won a match since Wimbledon. So a respectable quarterfinal loss for me is is a pretty decent result. You know, and I think, you know, we look at her other kind of Grand Slam performances this year and, you know, she came up against, you know, Von Druseva at the French Open, Stritzkova at Wimbledon. And, you know, you would say those matches on paper, she should be going in as the favourite and probably... You know, looking at herself, you know, she should be winning those matches. But, you know, with this this matchup against Svitolina, Svitolina has been in excellent form. You know, she took out Venus Williams, um, you know, earlier on. She's come through a couple of tight matches. And, yeah, she was just too good an opponent on the day. You know, she's an absolute wall. And the way she kind of manoeuvres herself about the court, she just makes you play that that extra ball. And I think that was kind of, you know, Conta's undoing. And she was able to kind of neutralise you know, she was able to kind of neutralise what, what everything that kind of Conta threw at her. But um, yeah, I think, you know, it was a good, it was a good campaign. I think, you know, if you take, if you look at actually Conta's performances at Grand Slams over the, this season, I think she's probably been the most consistent, you know, I guess, you know, Svitolina's probably there as well. As well as Svitolina, with, I guess, yeah, you know, two semis and a quarter for Svitolina, you know, and that could be improved on. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, Great for Svitolina. She's in her second straight, you know, Grand Slam semi-final. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how she's going to do against Serena Williams, you know. But uh, Serena, incidentally, she won in 44 minutes. Uh, lost only one game against Chong Wong uh, of China, who was in her first quarterfinal at Slam. So perhaps quite under, you know, well, overwhelmed by the situation, uh, you know, playing Serena Williams on Arthur Ashe at night. But yes, yeah, Svitolina's had a pretty difficult draw. She's beat Madison Keys, she beat Venus Williams, obviously Conta. She's not had it easy. She beat Yastremska for the loss of two games. So perhaps, you know, it's going to be Svitolina's moment. I'm, I'm, I'm quite interested to see how she's going to do against Serena. I think that is going to be, you know, that is a tough matchup for Serena. And I wonder, I, I mean, I probably need to, to check this out. There's got to be a small group of players who've beaten venus and serena at grand slams yeah. in the same grand slam Good i don't shout. know i don't know who is in in that but let's i'm mm. gonna have to have a look at that because you know mm. if she kind of kind of put herself in that group i mean yes. that is not a bad uh <laughs> that is probably not a bad set of players to to be amongst so yeah um, we'll have to look that one up i'm sure in the you know run up to the match tomorrow there'll be lots of people uh 
talking about that, you know, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of, would it be someone like Justine Ennan maybe, or Lindsay Jim Davenport Coisters. might have done it, someone along those lines. Mm. Um, but yeah, we will see. And, and as for Joe Conte, you know, I know we've talked about this before, but do you think there is a danger that she's sort of going to be the female Tim Henman, like constantly getting to semi-finals and never reaching, you know, perhaps her full potential? I don't like to lump her in like a generalised, you know, I don't want to have to compare her to a male player or anything, but it's just, you know, it does kind of make you think, oh, will it ever be her moment? Yeah, it's a it's a tricky one because, you know, if you look at her, her um, results so far on paper, you know, she's reached the quarterfinals of better um, at every Grand Slam, but, you know, she still hasn't, you know, that, and that's great, um, but she still hasn't had that, that breakthrough, that real breakthrough match, you know, to get to, you know, a Grand Slam final. And, you know, looking at kind of performances this week, you know, I don't think that is, you know, out of the question in in the future. Um, you know, she's been playing excellent tennis. She's able to do it consistently. And I think, you know, she's shown that, you know, she doesn't need form going into the Grand Slam. She has got a big game mentality. And, you know, once she, you know, she feels at home when she plays, you know, in the the big tournaments, in the in the Grand Slams, and I, you know, it's it's frustrating because you know this is you know it's what this is the fourth time you know we've kind of been licking our lips at the prospect of mm. Ooh, could you know could Joe Conta get to you know Grand Slam final you know and it's not materialised, but you know I still sense you know given the women's game and and how it's like and it's you know it's not kind of you know there is no big three where you know you you kind of see you know. Th- you kind of expect certain players to kind of get to the semifinals is a bit more open. And I think, you know, Conta has been taking advantage of that over the last, you know, certainly over the last 12 months or so at, at Grand Slam level. And I think, you know, that opportunity is going to be there, um, you know, in the future Grand Slams. And I don't see any reason why she can't, um, why she can't take advantage. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, let's let's have a look at what's going on today, Joel. So we've already had women's quarterfinal. We had Belinda Bencic against Donna Vekic. So that's uh, ended in a straight sets victory for Belinda Bencic, which I guess was the the result uh, everyone was kind of expecting. Um, and so Bencic moves into what her first slam semi. She, I think, you know, she certainly deserves to be here. You know, she's had some great victories. I think this player, this season, she is the player with the most wins against the top 10 players. So um, Mm -hmm. it was bound to come at some point, you know, all her hard work's paying off. And she will now, well, she will be then playing in the semifinal, the winner of Andreescu and Mertens, who play later. So... Yeah, I would say Andreescu Bencic semi-final. That that's going to be pretty hot. I think. I think that's going to be quite a tasty match. Yes, I think. I think we're all kind of expecting Andreescu to come through against Mertens, and you know, I think from that that half of the draw, you'd see Andreescu coming. You know, coming. Th- you know, coming through to the final. But you know, Bencic. I don't. I think she's only dropped one set all tournament. You know, took out Naomi Osaka. You know, she's been in great she's been in great form um and i love kim you know in our, in our preview episode you talked about contavite as your yeah, yeah. well and well benchich ben contavite withdrew in, in round three in her match against benchich so it there, you go. An there you go there you go that's unknown, what kim. i i meant to say you know if if they'd actually truly played that match 
it would be a net contravite <laughs> in the semi-final right now. I assure you of that. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, good one for Belinda Bencic. And we've got the men's uh, quarterfinal from the what bottom half of the draw happening at the moment. Uh, Matteo Berrettini against Gael Monfils. So I think we would expect Monfils to come through that one. He's a setup as we're recording this. 6-3, won the first set. So, yeah, I think Gael Monfils might well be making his way into the semi-finals, which would mean that Gem's life, <laughs> Gem's life are still going strong. They could both be in the semi-finals. And, I mean, well, what a successful story. What, a, what an advert for, I don't know, for love and dating a fellow player, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe they'll get, I, you know, more people inspired by them. <laughs> just to clarify, for our, for our listeners who have no idea what we're talking about when we say Gem's life, uh, Gael Monfils and Elena Svitolina are a couple. They are an item on tour. They watch each other's matches. They've, they've watched each other's matches at the US Open. They have an Instagram account, yeah, called Gem's Life. And Gem's is Gael... Elena, Monfils, Svitolina, it's all entwined. Do you see do you see what they've done, Kim? It's very I'm also intrigued, and... Joel, by your pronunciation of Gail Monfils. Is this is this how you should actually say it? Gail. Oh. Or Gail. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted I to cover know. all I just wanted to cover all bases so yeah, listeners we'll give, don't get angry we'll at my incorrect pronunciation. A, a so. choice. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was quite sweet. I mean, if they both say, for example, won the tournament, I know um one of our listeners at Spo said it would be like the most adorable moment, you know, ever in like tennis if they were to both win, I guess. But it's a long way off just yet. Yeah, but we have, but for our listeners, don't worry because, uh, you know, we feel that Gem's life is is ready to take over the world. And, you know, we have put in a request to get them on the Passing Shot podcast. <laughs> we've sent them, we've sent them an email. Aim high. We've asked them, you know, we've asked them, hey guys, you, we, we'd love to know about, you know, what Gem's life is like on tour. Give us an insight into the world of Gem's life. Um, we're still, we're still waiting for a response, but, um, you know, if any of our listeners have any, any contacts, feel free to give them much because we, we'd love to have them on because, you know, on a serious note, it's kind of, you know, it, it is interesting. It is unique. You don't necessarily, you know, you don't normally see big, you know, big top 10, top five players kind of date each other. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to understand kind of the challenges that has on the tour, you know, going around the world, being on different tours, etc. So anyway, I'm not holding out for it. but uh, (laughs) We'll see, it remains to be seen. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We should start a petition. We should, yeah. Um, Just a quick note on the doubles though, Joel. Um, Interest for British fans. Jamie Murray is currently on court in a last set tie break in his men's doubles match. So I'm um, just tracking the live scores on that one right He's now. He's won it. They've won it. Has he just won? Oh. Yeah, they've won it. Yep. Fabulous. So Jamie's into the semi finals. 7 4 in the last set tie break. Jamie over... and Neil Skupski. Well done. Uh, Luke Bamridge will be playing later today. Uh, so he could have potentially two British well, pairs, half British pairs in the final, uh, sorry, in the semis. Jamie's also got his mixed double semi-final with Bethany Matic-Sands later. So he's busy, busy today. And your favourites, Kravitz and me, they've made it <laughs> to the semi-finals, Joel. Fantastic. Your favourite German doubles pairing. <laughs> well, I'm already looking forward to the end of season quiz. And I know, I 100% know you're going to have a question on this. Yes. Um, the, which, which, which pair that uh, you couldn't think about um, in the half season 
uh, quiz uh, got to the US Open semifinals. Exactly. But, um, yeah. but also, one of your other faves, Victoria Azarenka, she's in the semifinals of the women's doubles of Ash Barty. They beat uh, Babosha Mladenovic, number one seed. And also, Elise Mertens is in the semifinals of the doubles with Sabalenka. I know they're quite a formidable pair, but, you know, Elise Mertens, she's playing her quarterfinal in the singles later. So she's obviously in very good form with, you know, both the singles and the doubles going strong this tournament. So thought that was quite interesting. And then I guess that just brings us on really to the night session, Andreescu Mertens. I mean, I'm going to go for Andreescu in that match. I think, you know, potentially Mertens might get a set. Um, you know, Andreescu is still unproven at slam level, so we shouldn't get maybe too carried away with, with ourselves. And then Schwartzman against Nadal, I think, you know, everyone is probably predicting Rafa in that one. Um, but I don't think... You know, Schwartzman should not be underestimated. He's a very feisty sort of little firecracker of a player, isn't he? So who knows? We could be waking up tomorrow morning and going, WTF I was ex- again. I was exactly <laughs> going to say the same thing. And when we say WTF, we're not talking World Tour finals, are we? No. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think Schwartzman, Nadal, I think it's a really interesting matchup. Anything with Diego Schwartzman on court is fascinating because... You know, as you, as you allude to, in, in terms of his height, it means he has to play a, a different sort of game. You know, where he can't he can't necessarily rely on his you know his serve or his power. You know, he's just got to rely on his kind of technique and and kind of you know thinking about how he's gonna how he's gonna win the point. Um, and yeah, I I'm kind of intrigued by that. You know, I still expect Nadal to come through, but I'm slightly more wary now, given. Federer lost to lost to Dimitrov but um you know I don't I don't see you know the fact that you know Nadal is now the favorite I don't see that kind of impacting him you know in terms of his performance I don't you know he's been around the block you know for the last you know how many years and (laughs) I don't think it's gonna you know it's not going to I don't think it's going to impact him um in terms of you know when he when he steps out no, exactly. I think, you know, Rafa just takes it a match at a time and he remains pretty humble and, and grounded, doesn't he? So, um, which is why I love him so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, for me, I'm hoping no upset on the cards there. But yeah, we'll we'll be analysing everything that happens between now and, well, Friday um, in our next catch-up, which will be bringing you the action from the semi-finals of the US Open. So I hope everyone can join us then. Uh, do remember to tweet us and like us and follow us and subscribe and rate us on uh, at Passing Shot Pod um, on iTunes. You know, we're on all the podcasting platforms. So give us a tweet, send us your thoughts. We always love to hear what everyone thinks, um, you know, about everything that's going on in the tennis world. So do let us know. And um, until then, thank you for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. And... See you next time. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.